This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixirs. Are you someone who relies on energy drinks to power through your day? Well, what if I told you that those energy drinks could be doing more harm than good? And that's where Odyssey Mushroom Elixir comes in. Unlike traditional energy drinks that are loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients, Odyssey is packed with natural ingredients, including functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps. These mushrooms have been used for centuries to improve mental clarity, increase focus, and boost energy levels. Not only do these mushrooms provide natural energy, but they also have a host of other health benefits. We've even done multiple episodes on the power of functional mushrooms, and we love that they can help support your immune system, reduce inflammation, and even improve your mood. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. Odyssey's functional energy drink is the perfect way to get the energy you need without sacrificing your health. And it tastes really good. As someone who is no longer drinking alcohol, I also find this to be a fun and functional alternative to bring to parties, have as a post-work drink, and is a great afternoon pick-me-up. So if you're ready to make the switch, visit their website today to learn more and order your first case. Available in a variety of delicious flavors, there's something for everyone. My favorites include the blackberry lemon twist and orange ginger, but they're all wonderful. Plus, as a special offer for our podcast listeners, you can use the promo code CWPODCAST at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Ditch those unhealthy energy drinks and try a functional energy drink today. Visit their website at www.odysseyelixir.com and use promo code CWPODCAST for 20% off. Odyssey is also sold and shipped in the USA, and you can find them at your local retailer. And you can find all of this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a really fun informative episode on astrology and relationships today. And it's, it's really funny, Allie, because when I was editing the conversation, I was like, my relationship definitely gets a mini reading. So (laughs) 
everyone out there listening will find out just how spicy my husband and I are. But Desiree was really great because things I thought weren't compatible astrologically between us. She was actually like, no, that's super compatible. And, you know, it was just a really, it was a really good conversation and we go into a lot. But before we get into the episode, we always do our weekly updates. And so Allie, what are you enjoying this week? Well, I feel like I'm moving forward on my, um, I guess it's my sober curious journey as we've been talking about for quite a few months now. Um, and yeah, I, I gave up drinking like all of January, which I do often like a dry January. And I would say this year I've probably had a drink about three times. Mm. Um, and I really don't have a desire for it anymore. So it's been good that I experimented those few times because I really just wanted to see. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm actually feeling really great not having it in my life right now. But that being said, I do love that there are so many really delicious sort of mocktail options or, um, you know, kind of cocktail alternatives. Cause one thing that I always love is like something bitter, like you, Mm -hmm. and I can put like regular bitters in seltzer water, which kind of does the trick too. But, um, there's so many wonderful drinks and we're going to actually get into that too in a second with one of our new sponsors, Odyssey, which I know you're really excited about and have been enjoying. So am I, I also really like, um, it's very different than Odyssey, which is like very functional with wonderful, like you know, adaptogenic properties, but, um, the brand Gia creates a spritz that has that feeling for me that kind of like hits the spot, like a Negroni or an Aperol spritz. That's kind of like bitter forward cocktails, which I've always really enjoyed. And while I don't miss the alcohol at all, I did kind of miss that flavor. Yeah. And so Gia is my, I think my favorite one of the moment that really kind of Gives you of the mocktails of the mocktails, yeah, yeah. Specifically, Gia's good. It's a little too bitter for me, but I mm-hmm. feel like people love it. And I know they have like botanicals, and it's very low sugar. If very low sugar, yeah, very low sugar, and it's good. I mean, I've been. It's so interesting because this is an astrology episode, and I know Saturn has now moved into Pisces. So all of our young listeners, if your Saturn is in Pisces, you're starting your Saturn return. But um. And older listeners, because you go through Saturn return three times if you live long enough, 58 to 60 is the next round. Um, But Saturn and Pisces is all about, I've been reading, like it it makes sense with the sober curious movement we're having and all of the new sober curious drinks. And I think even when we did the episode with Starla, the non-alcoholic wine company, she said like the non-alcoholic beverage industry is going to be a you know, I think billion dollar industry. And even the Super Bowl had a 0% Heineken commercial, which is insane, right? So, but Saturn and Pisces is actually very much um, about, you know, addiction. And there could be like a lot of that coming to the surface and, and also that sobriety element of people being more curious about, you know, sober options. And I think I probably heard on TikTok that, um, AA was developed the last time Saturn was in Pisces. So Mm. it's definitely that kind of 
moment um, that I think we've all seen coming. And so just kind of some astrology tea. I'm sure if you're interested, slide into Desiree's DMs because she probably knows all about it and more. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my update as well. And we do have a wonderful new sponsor, Odyssey Mushroom Elixirs. And they're not actually marketed as a mocktail. It's an energy drink. So totally different. But I do bring it to like a party or a social situation Mm -hmm. and use it as a mocktail because it is an energy drink. So it's going to naturally boost your, you know, vibe, (laughs) but it's adaptogenic. So it has those functional mushrooms that we love and all of the brand's beverages, you know, are potent, organic, sustainable, and delicious. And they really have flavor forward ingredients like passion fruit, orange, guava, blackberry, and all those good adaptogenic mushrooms. And so it's really tasty and delicious and sparkling and sparkling, which, you know, and sparkling. And so it's becoming like, I'm using it again. It's, it can be a coffee alternative. It can be an energy drink alternative. I'm not like a pre-workout person, but I'm sure people can use it as a pre-workout. Like however you would use an energy drink, it's a much healthier, um, alternative and, and I'm using it really, I'm using it as a mocktail. And so I love like the orange ginger and blackberry lemon. Mm. So good. I think one of their really like those. Yeah. I think one of their bestsellers is the, um, passion fruit, orange guava. Um, it's just so good. And they have them in stores, I think nationwide. So if you see them at your local retailer, you can grab a can. But um, if you want to try them, you know, they're they're about like 16 bucks, uh, uh, you know, a box or a pack. So you can shop, you know, in addition to your local retailer, you can check out odysseyelixir.com and you can save 20% with code CW podcast. And so let us know what you think. But we're really, I'm really enjoying it. We're really enjoying it. We've been long time fans. When did we first try them? Like a few months ago now. Yeah. Last year at some point. Definitely last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are fans. And as Erica said, it's a great, even though it's not marketed that way for us, it's also a great mocktail, um, option. So, um, in addition to that, as you all know, this episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey our longtime collaborator. And Milk and Honey has wonderful spas throughout Texas, Chicago. There's a couple in LA, Brentwood and Culver City. Um, They also have an online boutique with their own products that are hyper clean products. They smell amazing or big fans. And they also carry other products as well, other lines such as Osea Malibu, um, Super Goop, and um, Moon Juice, many more. You can use code CWPODCAST for 20% off any of the spa services, or you can also use it for 20% off your purchase at their online shop. So check out milkandhoney.com. Yes. And I was just going to say future future us. This week is Expo West So if, and oh, we'll yeah. be there. So if anybody is in town, you know, slide into our DMs. We're so excited to be there. And if you want Expo West is so amazing. There's so many incredible brands, a lot of um, wonderful wellness brands and products will really launch new things. So if you want to follow along, if you're not already following us on Instagram, this is a great week to um to follow us there. We're going to be sharing all the fun of Expo West. So yeah, just wanted to throw that in there too, because 
I, I feel like it's the Coachella of wellness. That's how it I is. describe it to people. <laughs> it is. It's very exhausting, but very fun. And it's always nice to see old friends in the industry and stuff. So it's sort of this yeah. once a year um, kind of reunion and yeah. you get to discover all the fun new products that are coming out. So um, with that, though, we have a great episode today. So shall we get to it? Let's do it. Okay. So we as I said, have a really fun episode on astrology with Desiree Antela, who specializes in astrological relationships. She's been studying astrology for several decades through different mediums, but mostly through observation and research. She writes about astrology in a modern, understandable, and inclusive way, as astrology is meant to be a tool for everyone. Her goal is to help you understand yourself and your loved ones on a deeper level. Her new book called Sun Signs and Love, Relationship Compatibility by the Stars was published in November and is a great resource for any lover of astrology. And in this conversation, we have a really detailed discussion on astrology, astrological compatibility, what it means if you're not compatible, some of those juicy astrological placements, opposing signs, soulmate and karmic connections, incompatible elements, missing elements. We really go through it all. And she shares her observations after working with many couples and individuals and how to use astrology as a tool in your relationships. It's a really good one. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein, at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Welcome, Desiree. We're looking forward to having this conversation with you today. And um, yeah, just to get us started, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, your personal background, and how it led you to the world of astrology? Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here and just talk all things relationships, industry, and astrology today. Um, my story is a little bit different than most. I did not just get into astrology recently because I know it's like a craze now and like everybody is into astrology, which I'm here for most of the time. Um, you know, but when I, when I found it, it was like, and I'm going to age myself when I say this, but it was like, I go to my computer, it was like dial up internet. And like the first thing you would see is like the Yahoo page. And then there's the horoscope. So um, I was like 12 and I always saw those and would read my my sign and I would go, oh my gosh, this really 
resonates with me. So I started just like learning more about it and then observing. I would always ask people when their birthday was and figure out what sun sign they were and just make like general observations. And it just was an instant love. Um, And then, you know, fast forward into my 20s when, you know, I was dating and all my friends were dating. Uh, I was like that girl, that friend that was into astrology. And uh, so they would always come to me when they started dating someone new and they'd be like, oh, I really like this guy. He's a Leo. Is that a good match for me? And, you know, it always asked me. So um, I'd always like give him, you know, spill the tea and be like, well, yeah. And then maybe some other things you should like look for is this. And one of my friends one day was like, Desiree, you should write a blog. This is when like blogs were cool. Like, you know, really like all the rage, like 10 ish years ago, 12 years ago. <laughs> so I started a blog on blogspot.com and, um, just started kind of chipping away at all of the, the relationship. So I, you know, would write a post and I'd send the link to my friend and be like, here, read this. You know, I wrote this about the person that you're dating. And, um, and then, you know, fast forward a decade, I finally finished all of the, um, the astrological matches and, um, had, I had a little baby at the time. And then a couple years down the road, I had a friend one day say, why haven't you submitted, you know, your, your blog to a publisher and I was like I don't know like I just haven't and she's like here here's a list of all the publishers I think would be a great idea for you to send your your work into and so I did that on a on a a Libra full moon Libra rules or seventh house like relationships and I sent my uh my manuscript off to a bunch of publishers and Llewellyn uh picked it up and here we are here it is That's so amazing. Yes, we are so excited to get into your book, into compatibility, synastry. I feel like this is something people are so interested in and I think is a gateway into astrology. A lot of the time I remember... I've always been into astrology as well. Not, I didn't have as much knowledge as I do now, but I remember in high school looking up, if I had a crush on somebody, I'd be like, well, what's what's my sign, what their sign? You know, I think this is definitely a gateway into um, a love of astrology. But before, before I ask my next question, I always think it's fun to, maybe we can all share our big three or big five, whichever you'd prefer. Um, so if anyone listening is curious, um, we can start there. So um, I can go first since I'm speaking. I'm a Libra sun, Aquarius moon, Capricorn rising, and my Venus is in Leo and my Mars is in Aries. So that's that's everything about me if you know astrology. Um Desiree would, it's very spicy. Yeah. I'm air dominant too. I have like three Libra placements. I'm air dominant in my entire chart, but, um, Desiree, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I like that fire though, for your air, because that like feeds all of that air (laughs) and that Capricorn rising is a Thank goodness. Grounding. Grounding. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, that would be a little wild, but I'm a Scorpio sun and moon. I have a Sagittarius rising. Yeah. My Mars is in Libra. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then my uh, Venus is in my first house in Sagittarius. So I have a Scorpio stellium and a Sagittarius stellium. And then my Mars and Jupiter are opposing in Aries and and Libra. So, oh, yeah. We're going to go into all of this. Yes. And then Allie. 
So my big three are easy because I'm a triple Aries. Um, I know that's everybody's reaction. I'm Aries sun, Aries moon, Aries rising. And then my Mars is in can you tell Capricorn and my and my Venus is in Taurus, right? Yeah. And so those are both what we call exalted, which means like yeah. So when you have your Mars in Capricorn, it's called exalted. Mars likes being in Capricorn. Okay. So it works really well there. And then Venus is exalted in two signs. Um, uh, well, it's it's domicile. Sorry, it's domicile in, in Taurus because Taurus rules Venus. Oh, yeah. there yeah, you go. Because <laughs> well, I was going to say Allie is super like, right, she's has her big three in Aries, but like yeah. you're a really grounded person. And like, especially, I mean, we're business partners. I know Libra Aries are opposite signs and we, we work really well together, but, um, I find that in love and in war, <laughs> you're, you're a very grounded person actually. So as fiery as you are. So yeah, you're wonderful, Allie. I Thanks, love Allie. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Work together because Allie, your Mars is in uh, is in her first house of like right. self, and so you have mm-hmm. that connection there. Um, and I actually know one other triple Aries. Really, she's one of my favorite people ever. I mean, I look up to her, and like she's a business owner. She's got like three of her own kids, but then her husband now has three kids. So it's like the Brady bunch. And then, um, she's also like a huge at like very involved in like advocate and just like, she's very progressive. I don't know. She's just everything amazing. So yeah, cool. it's very rare to have like your big three in one side. I know. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, I know we didn't do our Mercury, but my Mercury is also in Libra. So I have like a lot of, Lib- I actually have a lot of Libra in the rest of my chart as well. And, um, I don't know. I just really love Allie's energy. It works really well. And I know we're going to talk about compatibility and that's kind of right. Your book is all about relationships in astrology. And so maybe before I even ask questions, because I have a lot of questions about compatibility, but can you talk a little bit about, about synastry, about compatibility, about what people should look for and kind of maybe what matters and what doesn't when looking at that in the relationships in our life? Yeah, I think, you know, what I, what I don't like to hear or see in the astrological world is that there's a bad match. I think that's like icky vibes. Like I don't like to see, oh, well, this pair doesn't work well together or they shouldn't be together. Or I picked up a book the other day at like Barnes and Noble and I was just like flipping through it and it was it had all of the the matches ranked on like a star like a five star and a one star and um I was like ew this is so low vibe like I'm not here for this like I don't be- I know that this is not true there are so many op- like opposing matches and square matches and semi-sextile matches that are actually like I know them in real life and they're wonderful and they work well together because like you were just saying, like, you can't just judge your relationship just on your sun sign because you have a whole birth chart. So, um, but this, your, to answer your questions, the things that I look for, like, let's say I'm pulling up a synastry chart and just to clarify, there's two different relationship charts in astrology that most astrologers use. There's synastry and composite. 
And like the difference between those two is Synastry takes both birth charts and like puts them on top of each other mm. and then looks at the aspects, which are angles, right, between the planets. And then composite takes the midpoints between your two birth charts and casts like this whole like single birth chart for your relationship. So that's for me personally, I think both are fantastic. And I think you can definitely both use both. I think Sinistry is way juicier because there's different angles from one person to the other. And then when you flip it, the other one has, so you can kind of see how they feel about each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I never would ever tell anybody this in a reading, but I can see who likes who more. (laughs) Wow. Like, Like usually, usually. That's really um, so, interesting. Yeah, it's got some some tea, a little juice, you know, in this in the synastry, which is what I like to see, and I like to like look at that. Um, but so my book really talks more about synastry because what I that's just what I practice more of, and I I like it. Um, but I think the there's like the secrets of synastry is what I like to call it, and the three secrets that make up like your cocktail, like your love cocktail are your aspects so like the angles in your between your planets the element so like you were just saying how you have like a lot of air in your chart well when you're pulling up a synastry I can go "Ooh, this is like a very fiery couple right maybe they've got a lot of fire placements and in their charts um and then I also look to look at modality which is how you communicate um, which is obviously a huge part of any relationship, right? Is communication. We were just talking about that, about how my husband can't schedule something on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so communication is, is so huge. So um, if I see a really, some heavy, like, let's say we're, we're just talking about cardinal placements. Like, let's say I have a couple with a lot of cardinal placements. Well, you have two cooks in the kitchen, right? Like two people that like to lead. So Maybe there's some issues around that. So that's like a huge, um, a huge piece of the pie when looking at synastry in general too. Thank you for explaining that to us, especially for those of us who are a little bit like novice in the space. Um, But also I think the way that you clarified, because that was actually one of my questions prior to the interview was like, how can you tell, you know, I know historically like some placements or some planets or sun signs are more compatible with others. But because we have complex charts, like how can you tell someone who's like clearly figured it out, like a working couple that like, well, you're, you know, you, you're not compatible. It's like, well, they figured out how to become compatible. So the way you talk about sort of the complexity of it, where with the different angles too, it's like, maybe it just helps us understand ourselves in a way so that we can also understand our partners in the way that they process things or the way that we interact with each other, like help kind of dive into those components that might be a little bit more difficult between you know, these two people versus these two people or whatever that might be, but that it takes into account um, the complexity of maybe the full chart rather than just, hey, like, because, you know, Eric and I were talking before. I don't think, I don't, I don't, did you say you and Jeff are Yeah. So my husband, like, yeah. So my husband and I, well, so his big three 
are, we're both Capricorn rising. So we fundamentally, I feel like really understand one another, different degrees. So our houses are sometimes off. I'm five degrees. I think he's 27. So we're different degrees, but we're both Capricorn risings. And then he's a Gemini moon and a Sagittarius sun. So we, I think our big three aren't totally incompatible, you know, um, at all, but our, our Venus signs. And I think our Mars signs are not the most compatible. He's, um, I'm a Leo Venus and he's a Capricorn Venus and, um, I'm an Aries Mars and he's a Scorpio Mars. So I don't know if that's necessarily compatible or not, but I know what I was going to share was, you know, Leo Venuses need a lot of attention and a lot of, um, do they like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little extra in love. I'm very, I'm very loving. I'm very celebratory. I'm very like, I, 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 I give a lot of love, but I, it does take a lot of, like, I like a lot of attention and love gifts are my love language. Um, and that sometimes seemed to be a little antithetical to his Capricorn Venus. However, we've been together for 11 years. So we're clearly a compatible match. Um, and, and, but it's like the, I don't know if this is the sinistry, but learning, for instance, like Sages, he's, he's definitely, he's heavy Sagittarius actually in his, like, I think he's a Sagittarius Mercury and he has a, I think he has a Sagittarius Stellium. He has, he has many Sagittarius placements. And so, um, as someone with heavy Libra placements, I can be really sensitive and he can be really blunt learning about that. For instance, him learning gifts are my love language that he needs to step it up and maybe like the way he expresses his love, um, is something I need. Right. So this stuff, even if we aren't maybe compatible in every area of our chart, obviously we've been together 11 years, but but learning that I think has actually really helped our communication styles a lot, even what he needs. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you have any insight into that, but just, I think the Venus sign specifically for me has been really helpful in terms of, um, of that. And even Mars signs, right? Like Aries, Mars are super explosive, but they move on. I move, I don't like, I move on really quick and a Scorpio Mars is a little more, um, never forgets, (laughs) you know? So, I don't know any insight, but that's kind of like that. Those are two charts. And it's like, I know you would have to look at everything because this is just generalizations of signs and not degrees and angles and houses and that sort of thing. But um, I guess like working through maybe some more opposite signs or opposite needs. Yeah. So I don't know where you heard that your Venus and your Mars signs are not compatible because they're both queen cups, which wow, so interesting fall into each other's eighth house of Mm. I don't know if you know what the eighth house rules. Eighth house is intense, right? It's like, yeah, it's like sex energy, right? So like whenever (laughs) I see a Queen Cups couple, I'm like, oh y'all freaks. We are very compatible. (laughs) I'm telling you though, but like specifically around that topic, like it's because Mm -hmm. of that eighth house. So like y'all's Venus is falling to each other's eighth house. So there's like a lot of passion there and like deep, like think of like, so eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, right? So like, what a Scorpio rule, like death, rebirth, like there's like this Mm -hmm. really deep connection there. 
And the thing about quincux signs that are so fascinating is you it's literally, they have literally nothing in common. So they don't share an element. They don't mm-hmm. share modality. Um, like literally nothing is in common. But I think that's what makes you so fascinated with one. Like there's this, this never ending fascination and attraction there. Um, and so it's like, it's steamy. I love Queen Cox couples. Like, look, <laughs> um, who's that area? Scorpio, um, the Kardashians, Chloe and Travis or not. Oh, Chloe. and they're like, and, and they're all over each other. Yeah. No, Scorpio. well, it's so. And, uh, Aries. Um, yeah. Mars energy. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so interesting. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of, I think that's why, your book is, is so important and probably working again, like with an astrologer is so important because I think that's why I know apps like CoStar is really popular, but I think that's where I probably read that our signs weren't the most compatible because it literally just looks at, right? Like this sign, this sign, and then it kind of can get, right. It can be helpful. Like I said, in terms of learning communication styles and needs, like when I read about the Sagittarius bluntness and my sensitivity, I was like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> yes. Um, but but again, it doesn't tell the whole story. And I think that's why I've always been trepidatious on compatibility in astrology because, you know, it, it's hard when you just read something online to then form an opinion on it. Or like Ali said, right, like some people are super, quote, incompatible but they make it work and they have these long relationships. So I think you offered a lot of great insight into that. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, astrology is a self-discovery tool, a hundred percent. And I think that you can use my book for, for that in different ways. So obviously like the very first thing you usually find out when you're on a date or when you just first meet someone is their sun sign and you usually don't get the rest of it until maybe later, at least, you know, I don't know, Gen Z now, they're just like, all right, what's your big five, right? It's like so normal. When I was going on dates, like 1 million years ago, I was not asking people about their signs. You know what I mean? That was just like not cool. Um, It's different now. But I think that once you do learn, you know, like we were just talking about like your Venus signs and your moon signs and all of those things, you can pop my book bat open and then read about your Venus signs, right? So like you could go and read about, um, you know, what it like, go read the Scorpio and, and Aries section, go read the Leo and Capricorn section, right? And then kind of see if you have any takeaways, which I think you would um, from that. So, and then the fact also too, that you both have your same rising signs. So that's cool because whenever you're going through like current transits, that means everything is happening in the same houses for you. So it's like, you really get to experience that together. So that's, that's very cool. My husband and I also have the same rising sign too. So, um, you see that you see things the same way. It's like the same lens, you know? Um, so that's a really cool connecting piece as well. Yeah, it is. That's interesting. And Desiree, just to talk a little bit about a little bit more about you know, if anybody who's listening, you know, is curious ab- about how to use your book, like do, cause it's called sun science and love, but obviously there is, there's more than we're, we've already gone into more than the sun science, but how would you like, if someone doesn't understand, I'm just thinking for people, like we've had a few astrologers on the show. So maybe like our longtime listeners have a sense of it, even if they don't personally maybe use it, like they'll have a sense of kind of the basic 
principles of it. But if someone is listening for the first time or is kind of newer to it or might know just their sun sign or their sun, moon and rising, like how would you suggest if they pick up your book, um, maybe they're, they've been in a relationship, whether they're partnered or interested in dating and the dating scene, like how can they use it as a tool or how would you tell someone who might be like newer to it to really kind of start? We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Super Goop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Super Goop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. 
The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. That's a great question. Um, I always start to stay with your son. Uh, so definitely do that first. So read about your sun signs. Uh, there's a great website online. It's called Astro Charts. And it's just like astro-charts.com. And it's free. You just plug in uh, your information. And, you know, if you only have your partner's you know, birth date and not their time, you could still get quite a bit of information. The only things that you won't be able to get is like their rising sign, right? Or any angles, so like no midheaven. Um, and if they were born on a day where the sun ingresses or moves into another sign, you would definitely want to know their yeah. birth time as well, because they could have a different sun. Um, the moon also changes signs every two ish days. So if they're like the moon is on like a late or early degree, you would also want a time for that. But if it's not, then you have their sun, their moon, their, you know, you won't have the rising, but you'll have their Venus sign, Mars and all of that good stuff. So you can really start to compare your chart with your partners and just start at your sun, go to your Mercury, go to your moon right? And, and I think it's really important before you start reading all of that, though, is to understand what the connotations between each planet mean, right? So what does it mean to read about my moon? What does my moon mean in a relationship? So my book kind of goes through all of that. Well, what does the moon mean in a relationship? Well, moon is emotions. So how you and your partner connect emotionally with one another. Um, you know, the your Venus is huge because it's how you love and how you like to be loved. And Mars is, is passion, physical, like think, you know, physical connection, um, and so on and so forth. So I go through all of the planets in my book and I explain what they mean when you're doing a reading. Um, and then, you know, you can just, you know, start with your suns, go to your moon and then keep going through all the planets and just kind of read each, each section, you know? Yeah. That, I, yeah. I love this so much. I think it is, it's just really helpful in like deeper understanding of self and partnership and friendship. And obviously I know it's, it's nuanced, but are there any like juicy astrological placements that you really love to see or that people should really look out for when 
when doing this work, when reading your book, when looking at their charts? Yeah, I, I mean, so like one of the biggest questions I get when um, someone is asking me to look at their synastry is, are we soulmates? Are we, are we soulmates? I'm like, well, (laughs) Um, so I feel like that's just a really common question. And, uh, and I'm always like, okay, being with your soulmates, not always the easiest, most fun thing, right? So being in a karmic relationship is like, you have to, it's like a do over, like you have to redo something. It's like the universe sending this relationship back to you to like, try to do it all over again. So it's not always the easiest, but when I look for if it's that kind of relationship, I look at the South Node a lot. So the nodes of destiny. So South Node is like past life stuff. So if you ever see, like, for example, my um, uh, in my husband's chart, my son is conjunct. Conjunct just means it's at the same degree uh, as his South Node. So it's like past life. Like we must have known each other and we're here to try it over again. I look at Pluto a lot too, which Pluto is a generational planet. It moves like every 20 years. But if I see it really strongly like aspected in a a couple's charts, I'm like, hi, I wonder, this must be karmic. This must be past life. This must Mm -hmm. be like, you know, soulmate kind of stuff. Um, So I I definitely look at that. Um, I love conjunctions in a chart. I think like when you look at like a twin flame, I mean, I, if you see like a lot of like conjunctions, like same sign, same degree, um, I see that a lot with mothers and their children, especially with the moon sign. So like, like for example, sun's moon is conjunct my rising sign to the exact second, like exact second, right? So I see the moon a lot aspected with children because moon is is like mother, right? Emotional. So when relationships same kind of thing if I see like Venus aspected really strongly or even there's they're like a Pluto or a Sun or like something like that um you know it, it's definitely uh like oh it's like it'll pop out at you when you look at a chart and if you've been reading charts for a long time it happens a little bit more naturally but uh I don't want to say like just because you don't have yourself no conjunct your son you're not destined to be together but um those are just a few off the top of my head it's really helpful. And I think, you know, it helps because I have, I have a really good friend actually. And, and one of those apps was like, you're not, your compatibilities are super off. But as you mentioned, like we have so many planets in different placements, right? Like my rising sign is their moon sign and just different things. And we deeply understand each other, but then, you know, again, that like direct to direct, comparison is is off right and so i think what you're saying is really helpful because it's it's so much more than just sun to sun moon to moon you know it's this whole chart that we keep talking about yeah for whatever reason like the astrology world likes to go after the ass they look to look at the aspects and it's like more than that you have elements you have modality you have this whole birth chart and um the funny thing about it is like you know, this saying like there is like um, such thing as too much of a good thing. Well, mm-hmm. that goes for astrology too. So if I see a couple that has a lot of trines, like trine is easy energy, right? So like that's the, what the astrology world says. That's the best, which literally just means you have the same element, right? Um, except for opposing, of course. But uh, so 
um, if you're if you're trying to one another, um, the energy think of it, it's like goes like this, like it's just flows really easily. Um, but if you have too many trines, it's lazy. Mm. So there's no growth in the relationship. Does that make sense? So like, it makes so much sense. When I see it, so it's actually like when I, even when I'm doing like a birth chart reading and I see a lot of trines, I'm like, oh, that person's really lucky or has like an easier life. But sometimes with luck or ease comes complacent, complacency. Um, So it's nice to have a a square in there (laughs) or an opposition or something to release that easy energy into. Um, And if I, so, so again, like, you can't just say, oh, well, we have trying sons and we're compatible and that's great. Like, that's just not, that's just not the case at all. Yeah. And we're all human beings, right? So like we all come in with stuff, you know, Erica and I are actually practicing Buddhists and like, so there's this idea of like dealing with, you know, whatever karma you have too. Um, good and karma is not good or bad. It's just both. It's, you know, it's all of it. Um, and that, that is the opportunity to like transform ourselves and grow, as you said, as human beings in this incarnation. So, you know, we all, and we all have that. So the way that we interact with people is going to either, like you said, either help push us to do that growth. At least that's what I believe or, or not. And um, sometimes it's the ones that push us or maybe that there's some kind of challenging stuff is like where also some of the good stuff happens too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I see the oh, go ahead. Did you ever see the movie Eat, Pray, Love? Yeah. Or read the book? Yeah. There, both. There, there is this quote in there about soulmates. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It's been a while since I saw it or read it, but I think it's hasn't since it's come out. Can I read it for you? Yeah. Yes, please. So applicable to what we're talking about. So um, the movie, well, it was a book written by Elizabeth Gilbert. It was, you know, she just quick backstory. She like was married and then woke up in the middle of the night when I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be in this marriage and I'm not like unhappy with him and just like need something else in my life and so she divorced him and went on this like year-long trip essentially started in Italy and went to like India and then ended up in Bali but when she was in Italy she was in the ruins um in Rome and uh anyways she said this quote and it's like literally stuck with me for my life but it says people think of a soulmate is your perfect fit And that's what everyone wants. But a true soulmate is a mirror, the person who shows you everything that is holding you back, the person who brings you to your own attention so you can change your life. A true soulmate is probably the most important person you'll ever meet because they tear you down or they tear down your walls and smack you awake. But to live with with a soulmate forever, no, that's too painful. Soulmates, they come into your life to reveal another layer of yourself and then they leave. A soulmate's purpose is to shake you up, tear your ego a little bit, and show you your obstacles and addictions, break your heart open so new light can get in, and make you so desperate and out of control that you have to transform your life, then introduce you to your spiritual master. Wow. I love right. Elizabeth Gilbert. What She's such a good writer, too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's good because I personally have always had like issues with the idea that there's just, I don't believe there's one person for everyone in romantic ways, but I was just going to say, I don't, I've never really bought into this idea that there's just like one perfect match for everyone. And I also think that we can have a bunch of soul connections is what I would call sort of equating it to the way Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it there. And that, I don't know, I think like this sort of romanticized idea of soulmates, like two parts of the same thing, it kind of dispels the idea that we are like fully whole as we are. And I am more aligned with that where we're fully whole as we are, but we can really come into each other's life with love and connection. And maybe that's for a short period of time, or maybe it's for 50 years, you know, it's, you never know, but I think, um, yeah, I just think that takes away like kind of our wholeness and agency as, as, as we are. And I'm curious, actually, this is a question because you've done so much work in, um, Sinistry in compatibility in relationship work, specifically within the astrological world. And I'm sure you've done tons of readings or couples readings and, you know, people who, uh, you know, are seeking in that way. Do you find like how, what have your observations been working with people, working with people who want love or who are in love or who are dealing with challenges of partnership? Like, do you find that people come with very different ideas about how they look at love or at potential partners or like, is this idea of the historical, like romanticized rom-com version of a soulmate? Do people come with that belief set more than not? Or I'm just kind of curious about that. What have you observed from working with people? Every time. And that's the problem, you know, like they, come to me and most people that come to me are not coming because they're in a good spot right it's like they're coming because something is wrong or they have a romanticized idea of what their relationship should be or um you know or they're trying to hang on to something that maybe they shouldn't anymore and so you know I'm not a licensed therapist so I'm very careful about everything that I say. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to tell you what I see. And, you know, and I I think that's also a tricky part of this, you know, business is people, a lot of people that come to me really should be going to a therapist rather than trying to ask me for uh, relationship advice, because I'm not, that's not what I do. Um, I'm a huge advocacy, I'm a huge advocate of therapy, I go to therapy myself. Um, But, you know, I think when I think that's a really good question you asked because yes, a lot of them come to me because they have this romanticized version of what their relationship should be, which is why I get that question a lot. Are we soulmates? And, you know, you could be soulmates and not even end up together. You know, like that was kind of my whole point of reading that quote. It's like, <laughs> um, you know, or I have a lot of people that will say, well, well, oh, I don't date this sign. And I'm like, well, what if you did? And they changed your whole life and rubbed you into a polished version of yourself. Like, you know, not every relationship you get into is going to be the one that you end up with forever. And that idea is just 
not always realistic. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, I think it's so complicated and beautiful and right. Like we can have, I think friends can also be soulmates. I have a lot of friendship soulmates in my life for sure. And, you know, I, yeah, I, it's, but I think that's really interesting. And I think that's what I love about astrology so much is that it is this kind of map or blueprint of what you come into the world with or what someone you love comes into the world with. And then again, you said this earlier on in the episode, but I'm all about high vibe astrology, right? Like I'm all about, I don't, I don't vibe with low vibe astrology because every sign, every relationship has a high vibe and a low vibe. That's and so it's like I I think it's really important to focus on the high vibe and find astrologers who focus on the high vibe so that whatever happens in a relationship or a friendship or in your own life, you can look through it with the lens of like you said, like, well, what am I gonna learn from this? What's mirroring back to me? How can I grow? And I think that's really um I think that's really important. Yeah. It is, it is important. And you know, I love this quote. It's in my book. I always tell people this astrology is not there to predict a storm. It's there to tell you to bring an umbrella. It doesn't yes. mean that it's a storm. It could storm. And if it does, then you should have your umbrella with you. But I also think it's important to understand both the high and low vibes of your partner's placements. For example, mm-hmm. my husband's Aries moon love and hate relationship with it. Right. I love it when it's high vibe. We got engaged really fast. Love that. He's like, Aries moon, let's go. We're getting engaged three, three months, get engaged. I'm like, okay. Um, but then when his temper flares, I'm like, Oh, there's that Aries moon. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to give him some space, you know, like, but knowing that about your partner knowing that it's like, it's so fun to watch people play their chart out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you know that, like, about your son, about your friend, about anything. Like, I think that's, uh, it's a, it's a really fun discovery tool uh, for the relationships in your life, which to piggyback off what you were saying, like, I also have soulmates that are friends. And that's why my book doesn't have gender in it because it's not necessary because when you're talking about the energy of a soul, souls don't have gender or bodies have a gender, you know? Right. Um, and so I, found it completely unnecessary to add gender into my book, which some do have gender in them. And I'm just like, that's not needed. Yeah. I I do have one question about elements because I know we're talking a lot about signs, but like for instance, I I don't so the I don't have any water in my chart. Um the only water I have in my chart are in the karmic planet. So my Chiron and my I think my North node or South, one of my, my nodes that like, you know, it, I, it's Virgo Pisces for my, if you were born, I think in 88 and a little of 87, that's, those are your nodes, Virgo and Pisces. Um, and then my Chiron is a water. So my karmic planets have water, but my nothing else in my chart has water. I think Pluto too is Scorpio for my generation. So that's about it. Um, so my question is like, if you are lacking an element, right? Sometimes I think that can read as in, I think Ali, you actually lack air, for instance, you don't I have do. Any, I think yeah. I have one random Gemini somewhere and that's it. I think it might be, or, or in your nodes to your Libra Aries, your yeah. 86. Oh, maybe it's the yeah. Libra. Yeah. So, but I have, bi- I have little to no air in my chart. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's my question of like, right. Like 
I think historically it's like fire and water aren't the most compatible, right? It's like, I think it's air and fire go together and earth and water go together. But also like, what if you're really lacking in that element? Um, just any advice or support for those of us who are lacking an element. <laughs> yes. I talk about that. I actually go through all of the elemental, it's like a science experiment, literally. So I, I have a quick question. Are you like physically thirsty all the time as you drink water? Oh my God. As I drink water. Yeah. And I love, I grew up by the beach. I love baths. I take a bath almost every night and I drink so much water. Actually, I'm like the water queen. That's so interesting. You say that you're thirsty literally and figuratively thirsty. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. So, uh, yes, it's, it's tricky when you're mixing elements. I'm just going to use like fire and water for an example. Um, so if you think of it, cause I love adding elements into when you talk about astrology, cause it adds a tangibility to it because you can see it and you can, you know what it does, what that element does. Right. So when you're talking about water, if you have too much water, it puts fire out. If you have too much fire, it evaporates all the water. But if you have a good balance between the two, you have steam and that's hot. I like steam rooms, right? Like a little steamy. So you just have to find a good balance. It's all about balance. I think when you're mixing elements um, and I did go through the, in my introduction in the beginning of the book, I talk about mixing your elements and how to do that carefully uh, but yeah, it's, it's trickier, not impossible, but trickier, uh, with, with that, you know, you think about air and earth, earth is a stable, unmovable, you know, uh, uh, substance, but you know, air kind of just like moves over it and doesn't absorb into it, but, um, it can be blended with, with thought and care. And if everyone slows down a little bit and takes the time to do it, so, um, it's not impossible, but yes, it is trickier. Um, but it, you know, and then that's where you get kind of like that uh, stigma behind like what is good and bad. I think it's like whatever you put your energy into, you can figure it out and do it, you know, and if you're careful with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then just to sort of like part two that question. So if someone is missing an element from their chart. Like as Erica said, she barely has any water. I don't really have air in mine. Do you find that from an, like an elemental standpoint that you oftentimes attract relationships with two people? Like, does it make sense to me that I have a business partner who has a lot of air in her chart because it balances the business? Cause I also have no air to bring. Yeah, because you're so opposed to one another. I love opposing signs because you it's like two halves make a whole, right? Right. Yeah. Kind of lack, like what well, so what's interesting about though about opposing signs is they actually have more in common than people give them credit for because you're both the same modality. So you communicate the same way. So you want the same thing, you have the same goal in sight, but you have different ways of getting there. So yeah. like which is a good thing because maybe, you know, you can't be good at everything, right? So it's nice to have, when you find a good partner and all professionally relationship wise, it's nice to like, like, for example, I'm gonna use chicken wings as an example. When we go out for chicken wings, you like flats or drummies, right? My husband and I like the opposite things and it works out perfect. We just split chicken wings, okay? Like same thing with astrology. I don't like doing this. Well, I like doing that. Perfect. That makes you a good team and you handle things really well together. So I don't know why I use chicken wings, but that just came to my mind first thing. So I know it's, it's a great, um, <laughs> it's a great metaphor because everybody likes chicken wings. Um, 
All right. Well, thank you so much for just like all of your knowledge. I know for our listeners, this like we got into some detailed stuff, but um, if you guys are more interested in learning about this and learning about it in the way that it applies to relationship, whether that be romantic, friendship, partnership, um, check out Desiree's book. Um, and as we wrap up, I want to, you know, we always ask three wrap up questions. So I just want to start with the first one and I'm, I'm really curious your answers. Um, so you're a busy person. How do you take care of yourself? Do you have daily self-care practices and are there any non-negotiables in there for you? So I have childcare. <laughs> is that, is that taking care of myself, my mental health? Okay. Uh, Botox, does that count? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Got some species in my forehead yesterday. Um, facials. I love baths as well. So I also, I'm like, you know, I have a lot of fire and water and I like love being in the water. I love taking baths. So like my husband knows he's like, it's faster. I'm like, yep. See you in an hour. And don't, and he knows he's like, don't let the kid go up there. Like that's her time to herself. Um, writing, I think is like my huge outlet. Um, I love to write. So I also write for like bustle, Vogue, mind, body, green. Like I do some little astrology articles for them. That's like totally my me time, you know, to write about that. So those are my self-care. I love, I love those answers. Thank you for sharing. The next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Boundaries. I think boundaries are courageous. Um, I'm the queen of the boundaries. I've had to put some hard ones up, really hard ones up, even with like family in my life, which is the hardest, right? But uh, man, ever since I started, I learned how to do that. I'm like a different person. It's changed my, me as a person has changed my marriage. It's changed like how people interact with me. They're more respectful and yeah, boundaries, boundaries are courageous. Yeah. I second that. And um, our final question is in addition to your own book, do you just have a book in your own life that has really meant something to you that you would recommend? And it can be on any topic. Uh, yeah, this is was like the whole inspiration behind my book. Uh, Linda Goodman's Love Signs. I don't know if you, this thing is old. It was published, I think, in the 50s, maybe. So it does have gender in here. So it is outdated. But this was like, my, I mean, this, I have my, she, I, uh, my book is, is heavily based on, on this book. It's just like a newer version, essentially, a more modernized version so she is no longer um, living but definitely love signs by linda goodman that's so cool i think those updated modern takes are so important we recently last year did an episode with nadine jane who is also an astrologer and um it was her second time on our show but she just released an updated birthday book right so she does and day so i think it's important to have these modern updates so yeah, updated birthday books, updated love books. So um, yes, if anyone wants to find you, work with you, follow you, buy your book, where can they do all of the things? Yes. And Nadine, just really quick, she did um, also endorse my book too. So I am uh, where we know, we know. Such a small, it's such a small little world. (laughs) It's a very small world. She is like way beyond fabulousness. Like I just, I'm in awe of her always. And her new book is beautiful and amazing and she's an incredible writer anyways (laughs) it's everywhere it's on amazon 
it's on my website, it's on my publisher's website, it's, you know, Barnes & Noble, where all books are sold, so you can get it online. Thank you. It was such a pleasure having you on today and having this conversation, so thank you again. Thank you for having me. It was really nice meeting you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.